Welcome back. We are in the seven signs of the secret king. I'm Ed. This is the Faith in Kids podcast. It's so good to have you wherever we are right now. Jam, where are you? How are you? I don't know where I am. Maybe I'm in somebody's car. Maybe I'm in somebody's living room or kitchen. I'll try not to take up too much room. I'll just put I'll, I'll put the marmalade over here, shall I? Sorry, I did. I, okay, sorry. Carry on, Ed. We're in episode three. We're flying through John's gospel. And I want to know, when were you last stuck somewhere for ages? You couldn't move. You just had to sit there. Jam, can you think of a time? It happens very regularly. I live at the end. I live off a road called the A303. And parents will already know what that means. It means queuing round about Stonehenge. There's an ancient monument that's thousands of years old and people just want to check that it's still there. So they slow down to have a look as they go past. Newsflash, it's still there. There's no need to look, but that just slows everything down. I was in it yesterday where I just thought, oh, I'm I'm now stuck here for an indeterminate period. And I want to know, especially dads, are you the kind that get out and sort of want to go forward and look? Or are you someone who just literally switches everything off and you know, get to newspaper or something. Which are you, Ed? I am the find something useful to do in the car. Right. My friend Michael, who writes some great songs, Michael was so stuck in a traffic jam, he had his running kit in the car, he put it on and just said to his wife, Julie, I'm off running, pick me up when you go past me. And off he went. He just got out of his car and ran down the hard shoulder for hours. He's off, let's run. So have a chat about where you were last stuck for ages. Was it a traffic jam? Was it in a crowd? Was it somewhere else altogether? Where were you last stuck? Have a chat. I hope that was a good chat and we didn't reawaken too many traumatic memories of being stranded uh, or trapped somewhere where you couldn't get out. But we're talking about it because in our story today in John's Gospel, Jesus meets a man who's been sitting by a pool for 38 years. That's a long time to be stuck anywhere, isn't it? It is. And that is going to be, weirdly, our fun facts. Jam, 38 years ago, the year was 1985. I was 10. We're going to find out, Jam, in my fun facts, what we were doing in 1985 so that we can understand how long it must have been for this poor man who couldn't walk. So in 1985, Jam, the first games console that I think I had heard of came out. It was called the Nintendo NES or the Nintendo Entertainment System. And I remember a game where you were a paper boy and you had to throw newspapers at people's front doors. This passed for entertainment in 1985. It was amazing. I really wanted a games console, but we we never got one. Any 10-year-olds listening now, if you went back to see what that game was, you would be amazed at how primitive and basic it looks. But we thought it was incredible. I I could have watched Paperboy for hours. And it, it was honestly one man on a bike throwing newspapers to his side. 
Also in 1985, excitingly, I think, the first mobile phone call happened. Whoa. I know. In 1984, there was no such thing as a mobile phone. And then suddenly, in this year, the first phone came out and it was five kilograms. So no mobile phones and before then. But 1985, there was no internet. Wow. I know. To be a child today, I don't think you can imagine a world where there is no app, there is no YouTube, there is no website, there is no let's just check when the bus arrives. None of that was happening. Yeah, you had to make a plan and stick to it. <laughs> you had to watch something when it was actually on television. And if you missed it, you missed it and you probably never see it. There's a real danger fun facts just become grumpy old men talking about a time when they looked at train timetables. But 38 years is a long time ago, isn't it? And imagine being in the same place for 38 years waiting for something uh, miraculous to happen. And that is exactly what we've got in our story coming up. But before we get to that... Jam on John! This is a section where the world's greatest intellect, our own expert on John, is Jam. Jam, shh, don't say <laughs> that, it. Don't that's... disagree with me. Just go with it. Jam, tell us something amazing about John's gospel. In John's gospel, we hear of seven signs, seven miracles that Jesus does. And he does two of them on the Sabbath, the day of rest. That's this one, sign three, and one to come, sign six. That'll be episode six. The Sabbath is a day of rest that God commands his people to take in the Ten Commandments. And that just follows on from how God made the world at the beginning of the Bible. Remember, he worked for six days making everything and then rested on the seventh and we're to do the same because we bear his image. We rest, we don't work. But what is work? Some people were very strict about it. More strict, it turns out, than Jesus. Which doesn't sound like a good idea because it means they miss what Jesus is really doing. I'll tell you what he's doing. He's showing he's the secret king. We're now going to hear this story of the man who's been stuck for 38 years unable to walk. Listen out for him, spot him and see what happens to him. Our reading is from John chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Later, Jesus went to Jerusalem for a special Jewish feast. In Jerusalem, there is a pool with five covered porches. Many sick people were lying on the porches beside the pool. Some were blind, some were crippled and some were paralysed. There was a man lying there who had been sick for 38 years. Jesus saw the man and knew that he had been sick for a very long time. So Jesus asked him, Do you want to be well? Sir, there is no one to help me get into the pool when the water starts moving. I try to be the first one into the water, but when I try, someone else always goes in before I can. Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And immediately the man was well. He picked up his mat and began to walk. The day all this happened was a Sabbath day. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, Today is the Sabbath. It is against our law for you to carry your mat on the Sabbath day. The man who made me well told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who is the man who told you to pick up your mat and walk? 
But the man who had been healed did not know who it was. There were many people in that place, and Jesus had left. Later, Jesus found the man at the temple and said to him, See, you are well now, but stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. Then the man left and went back to the Jews. He told them that Jesus was the one who had made him well. Jesus was doing this on the Sabbath day, so the Jews began to do bad things to him. But Jesus said to them, My father never stops working, and so I work too. This made the Jews try harder to kill him. They said, First Jesus was breaking the law about the Sabbath day. Then he said that God is his own father. He is making himself equal with God. If there's one thing kids are brilliant at, it's this. Asking questions. Are we there yet? Why is that person sad? Why can't I dye my hair blue? When's dinner time? Why can't it be sausages every day? What's in that cupboard? Now, John's account of Jesus' life tells us amazing stories. And this time we're looking at the time Jesus met a man lying by a pool, unable to walk. And it provokes lots of questions. So there were lots of other people waiting by the pool. There were blind people and crippled people because they thought that pool had special healing powers. Jesus sees a man who'd been there for 38 years and asks him an odd question. He says, do you want to be well? Well, that's strange, isn't it? But even weirder, the man doesn't say, yes, please, yes, please, heal me. He doesn't even know who it is. It was Jesus. He told the man to stand up, pick up his mat and walk. And so he did. With a word, Jesus healed joints that hadn't been working for 38 years. You can imagine him jumping around and dancing. Well, he must be at least 38 years old, so it's going to be a bit of a dad dance, so it's not going to be pretty. But he's also carrying the mat that he'd been lying on all these years. And that was the problem. Picking up a mat qualified as work. And it was the Sabbath rest, the day when work was forbidden. And then Jesus made it even worse. He said he was still working like his father. His father being God. How could he make himself equal with God, they wondered. Why would he tell someone to break his law? Who does he think he is? So many questions. And actually, they're not bad questions. But the questions have distracted them from the main point. Jesus has just healed a man who's been paralysed for 38 years. Instantly. Permanently. Now, if I brought out a cake with candles on it, would you want to ask what the icing was made of, the fat to flour ratio of the cake, or why I chose that colour for the candles as they all burn all the way to the bottom? No, you'd say, hooray, blow out the candles and grab a big slice and tuck in. Of course you would. That's the point of the cake. So let's not miss the point of this story. You might have lots of questions about it. How did Jesus really do it? Why didn't he need to touch him this time? Why didn't he heal everyone around that pool? Why doesn't he heal my friend, my grandma, my uncle or, or me? We're really digging into John's gospel this series and we're probably going to end up with more questions than answers. I'm 47 and I'm still getting to grips with it. But you don't need to know everything to get the main point here. Jesus has amazing power to make everything better. The man in the story didn't even know Jesus' name. And it didn't matter. You don't need to know everything about your mum or your dad to know that they really, really love you. 
And you don't need to know everything about Jesus to know that he loves you and is there for you. When you make a mess of that test or that exam, when you don't make it into that team, when your friends make jokes about you that you really don't like, and when your family can't afford that one thing at school that everyone else seems to have, Jesus is there for you. Let me pray. Father God in heaven, we have so many questions about Jesus. There are so many things we'd like to ask him, so many things we don't understand. But help us not to miss the main thing, that he is brilliant and that he is there for us. Help us to trust him and believe in him and get to know him more and more as we go through the gospel by his best friend, John. Amen. Amen. How encouraging. We don't need to have all the answers to be excited by who Jesus is. Jam, tell me you've got some questions. We need them. I've got questions. Under fives. What amazing thing did Jesus do in this story? Fives to sevens. How do you think you would have reacted to what Jesus did if you'd been there? Eights to elevens. If you'd been there, what questions would you have had for Jesus? Over elevens. Do you find it hard to live for Jesus while you have unanswered questions? Why is that? And what are those questions? Have a chat about that in your car, in your kitchen, wherever you are. Isn't it great to let your imagination run wild with what happens after the miracle in John's Gospel? That's what we're going to do now. What do you think happened next? Here's our guess. Hello. I'd like to report someone. Well, you've come to the right place. This is the temple and we take the law of God very seriously, no matter how small. Good. We're on the same wavelength. I have two things to report. The first is picking up a mat whilst in a standing position on the Sabbath. Wow, that is small. But we keep the Sabbath. Day of rest, commanded by God. We don't want anyone doing the slightest amount of work lifting anything of any size. Who was it? That paralysed guy who sits at the pool by the sheep gate. Doesn't exactly narrow it down. There's loads of them there waiting to be healed, bless them. He's been there 38 years. 38 years? But he stood up! Oh yes, uh, Jesus miraculously healed him. I'm just coming to that. In fact, Jesus put him up to it. He said, pick up your mat and walk. And that is incitement to cause person or persons to pick up a mat whilst in a standing position on the Sabbath. But this man, who'd been unable to stand up for 38 years, stood up. You're missing the point. No, I think you're missing the point. Jesus healed him. It's a miracle. I'm not disputing that. The man picked up his mat, following Jesus' instruction. So I'm reporting him too. We asked why he was miraculously healing people on the Sabbath, and he said, My father never stops working, and so I work too. So? He's saying God is his father, and that he's like him, and that he's God. That's blasphemy. Only if you're not God. 
But he can't be God. I mean, if he was God, he'd be able to... Uh, Miraculously heal someone who's been paralysed for 38 years? Yes. Uh, no. N wait. Hang on, why aren't you getting this down? I don't want to pick up the pen. It's the Sabbath. <sighs> I'll come back tomorrow. If you like. Or just keep your eye on this Jesus guy. See what he does next. Maybe he's not who you think he is. Or he's exactly who you're worried he is. Either way, mind how you go. Let me tell you like this. Once there was a man who had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there, knew he had already been there for a long time. He said to him, he said, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered to him, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water was stirred up. While I'm going, another one steps down before me. Jesus said to him, get up, get up, take up your mat and walk. Get up, boy. So get up, get up, take up your mat and walk. his mat and he walked now that day right there was the sabbath uh -huh, uh -huh. so the jewish leader said to the man who had been healed it is the sabbath and it is not lawful for you to take up your mat but he answered to him the man who healed me that man said to me what he said get up get up take up your mat So that song is Get Up by Slugs and Bugs featuring Zeke Mitchell from Sing the Bible Volume 3. And there's a really good video to go with it and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. We are so grateful to the emails we've been receiving. Thank you. Keep sending them to us. We've got one here from the Neil family. And he tells us about the time he was saying goodbye to Grandad as he was off home and they live a long way from him. Everyone was in tears because saying goodbye is difficult. And the five-year-old son piped up and here's his prayer. Dear God, thank you that you love us. Take care of us as we go in the car. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that in the darkness, light always wins. Amen. Amen. Jam, I think we're being told about this prayer because in our series before Christmas, we talked about the light always winning. We're so grateful to the Neil family. We're absolutely delighted that five-year-olds are praying prayers and we can be just a little, little bit of the story of them learning to pray and knowing God can be trusted. Thank you for the stories. Keep sending them in. You can get us at podcast at faithinkids.org. Do send us an email. And if you don't want us to read it out, then put that on the email and we won't read it out, but we'll be encouraged by it and we will love it. Thank you. I think we're done. See you next week, Ed. Bye-bye. Cheerio. Under fives. What amazing thing did Jesus do in this story? Fives to sevens. How do you think you would have reacted to what Jesus did if you'd been there? Eights to elevens. If you'd been there, what questions would you have had for Jesus? Over elevens. Do you find it hard to live for Jesus? 
while you have unanswered questions. Why is that? And what are those questions? Oh, he's up now. He's on his good foot.